0: And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Hey guys, it's Vlad Harris here on the Panther Rants podcast. Monday, I'm exhausted, but it's only Monday, I'm sure I can get a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth win, depending on how the week goes, anyways guys, it's a Monday after a loss, two losses in a row, so no pit live wire, no nothing, so that makes us see. Penn State, North Carolina, and now Central Florida. So Pitts down 2 and 3. But obviously I said on Twitter that morning that this game can go either way. It depends on pace. If the Pick can control the pace, they probably went 20 and 21. If uh, North Carolina if uh, Central Florida uh, controls the pace, you're looking at 45, 21, Central Florida. The final score was forty-five, fourteen, Central Florida, and obviously, you know, people are cracking jokes. I saw, oh, you know, for Central Florida people, this is a P-five school. <laughs> P-five schools can lose to one double-A schools as well, buddy. So, go back to AAC land or whatever. Collect your like, collect your eight million dollars a year. enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the victory while you're at it. And that mythical national championship. That you like to remind us all about so much. As far as the game goes, it was over before it began. I mean, mentally, mentally, Physically, Pitt was there. I mean, they showed up on the football field. Mentally, they weren't there at all. They were all checked out for the coaching staff to the players. And obviously, football is a game of motion. And I guess, you know, Pat and always, you know, preached that. But, Whatever emotions they got going on right now, <laughs> they got to get that shit figured out because I think, uh, yeah, Pitt had, Pitt, had more, Pitt had more penalties than anything <laughs> more large. They didn't get much help from the ACC, ACC officiating either because, you know, when they weren't making dumb, dumb penalties, they were getting flagged for ticky-tack shit from the ACC, you know, people. You know, anytime people get a break, flag, flag, flag. And Pitts uh, only offense was the Maurice French run late in the game. I mean they had that pump they had a punt return from uh Ruiz Lopez. That was about it. So Whatever problems Pitt has, it's a lot right now. Offensively, they can't do shit. They're one—I mean, they're they're literally one-dimensional. In the passing, you know, the passing game didn't take off like we hoped it was going to. Because after you know how things looked at the Miami game, how he looked at, how it looked against Virginia Tech, we thought you know things would be all right with Pickett. No, not so much. We're back. I mean, pretty much we're back to the square one from back from last year when, when, Pitt, when Pitt was five and seven. Man, that's unfortunate. I mean, can this be fixed? I don't know. But Pitt has, you know, some talent in receiver. It's just that when you don't have no, you really don't have a way to throw the ball to them. It's kind of useless not to mention the, the the O-line can't block for anything either so basically pickets get the ball a lot faster and it just isn't happening and well there you go but um, a lot of other stuff happened during this game as well you know, there was a video that showed a pit player taking a fall to fake an injury. And the thing about that is... My thing is, was he instructed to do this? Or did he do, I mean, did he do this on his own? Or did the staffs tell him to fall? Because, look, this has happened before with other schools. Dana Holgerson actually accused Todd Grandma doing this because they both coached at rival schools back in Conference USA. I think Hogerson was at UH, U of H I think uh, Graham was at Rice. And supposedly Grandma uh, was having the Rice players take take falls and fake injuries to get time, you know, the timeouts. But if you look at where Pitt was at the freaking time, they were at their own goal line. If you're gonna take a if you're gonna take a stupid fall like that, or fake an injury, just to get you just to get you a break, why would you do it on your own fucking goal line? Excuse my language. I mean, you're taking you're gonna, you're gonna fall and take an injury at your own goal line. They're gonna score. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what that extra few minutes of rest is gonna do for you. They're gonna score on you anyway because you guys suck. You know, (laughs) ain't gonna matter anyway. They're getting one way or the other. They're gonna get in that end zone, and the the way that the way that game was, when that game was going, that's how it was gonna go. So that little stupid, that little stupid uh, fall, that little stupid fake injury, it wasn't gonna change nothing about this game. It wasn't gonna turn no damn tide, nothing at all. And if he was told to take a fall. From the staff, they need to be held accountable for that. I mean that is I mean that is some Bush League shit. Cause for one thing, <clears throat> if you're doing it, if you're instructing your players to do this, you're setting them up for failure, you're making them look bad at your expense. If you didn't instruct them to do this, as the coach that you are, you tell them, hey, you know what? If your ass is hurting, get the fuck out of there and get out. Because whether if you're, uh, you're tired, you're gassed or not, they're going to score on you anyway. So just get out and let somebody else get burned. But uh, as far as Pitt goes, there's very much to take away from this game. I mean, good Lord, Alan Saunders, God bless his soul, analyzed that and said you know, a lot of the stuff he saw on film was fixable for Pitt. But the problem is, is Alan's on a coach. And I, you know, I'm not sure if i could to pull a balance him and say, hey guys, here we go, this is what we really need to do. Alan did her homework for us. They may see things a little differently than Allen. or they may not just see them at all. So, pitch uh, two and three now. Whatever they gotta do to uh, get this season going, because morale is really bad right now. I mean, we all know that, and they got Syracuse coming up at home. Syracuse lost an unfortunate game to Clemson, but they looked really, really good despite that. Despite the whole mismanaged game that they that they pulled, you know, Dino Babers obviously made some big made some big ball moves and. It's just uh, the last few minutes of the game. They mismanaged it, and well, they lost to a uh, rookie quarterback. But Syracuse, you know, used to be a, used to be a pencil W. But they beat us last year, and uh, now not so much. Now for this game for them, now is a pencil W. So, it's amazing how the tides have turned. I mean, this used to be an automatic win on our list. Now, for Syracuse, they feel this is an automatic win. So, yep. Tides have turned, guys. I don't know what to do. If you go next week, God bless your soul. Take plenty of alcohol. You may need it. Now, let's move on. Penn State played Ohio State last, you know, past Saturday night. And uh, it was a hell of a game. I mean, both teams really aren't that good. And if you watch the game, Penn State can say for a, lot, for a lot of things was I coached. I think at times they outcoached themselves. I thought early in the game they should have been up two touchdowns. Although, although at one point they were up 13 nothing, but they should have been up a lot more than that. They kept selling for field goals. The one driver they should have had a touchdown, they got really cute by putting their, uh, their lineup, their quarterback, one of their quarterbacks, a Wyatt, because he's very athletic and can run. They had they were knocking on the doorstep, and of course, that they, they, they did a screenplay to this guy. And well, the guy you know, the guy was behind the last scrimmage, so it becomes a lateral, and he dropped the ball, and the ball fell backwards, and they lost a whole bunch of yardage because they had to because recu- it was a fumble, and they ended up sell- selling for three. So that's the problem with Penn State and their coaching staff. They got talented players. It's just that uh, when I've all times I've all the times I've watched them all their losses losses, they can't seem to get out of their own way. I mean, a lot of Penn State fans blamed Moorhead for a lot of their losses because of his play calling. But it seems like the play calling is uh It's carried over to the new stat, whoever whoever's, you know, managing the new you know the you know, the, the offense now. And what makes it really bad for Penn State is they had a guy you know, Trace if Penn State wins this game. Trace McSorley obviously is getting his invite to New York for the Heisman. i, I mean, it's debatable whether or not he wins it. But he um, he would have gotten an invite at least. I mean that that long pass play, as uh, you know, one person pointed out to me, that you know that throw wasn't all a trace. It was more the receiver. He adjusted the ball. It was a bad throw. And I said, "Yeah, you got." I said, "Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you there." I was like, "But you know how the media is. They're going to credit Trace for the throw, not the guy." You know they—they're they, not—they're—they're they're they're not, they're, they're not really going to care less about how, what the receiver did to adjust to the football. All they see is Trace McSorley throwing the ball to the guy. So that's just the thing. That's just the thing. I guess the you know that pisses off you know football guys like you know that, that do uh, you know recruiting sites and things like that. I mean, the guy that replied to me worked for DreamBackfield.com, and... I wasn't going to debate with him. I mean, I, I said, hey, no argument, but, you know, they're just got credit trace for it. He agreed, and he agreed. You see, you're probably right. So I'm not going to argue uh, football smarts, because the Lord knows I'm... You know... I've never played football. I mean, I played, you know... You know, I played pickup and stuff like that, but I never played organized. So, know, I can... You know, I just go off of what I what I look at when I study, but I'm no coach either. But I'm just saying from a media standpoint, they're just gonna credit the quarterback for the throw. That's usually how it always goes. But uh, Ohio State didn't do anything fancy at all. They just ran a bunch of screens at the right time, and, and that's really it. You know, Penn State. I guess I uh, was up thirteen nothing. They gift wrapped them. They gift wrapped the highest State a touchdown because Miles Sanders fumbled. And then they start the next. And then start, and what made it worse was Ohio State got the ball the next half, and they are no, another up 13 But Penn State bowed back and they were um, up twelve. It looked like the game was over. And the quarterback just, you know, threw a really bad pass and the high State player came down with it and just took it to the house. I mean, it was a bad play. I mean, like I said, Penn State gift-wrapped him on a touchdown. And then next thing you knew, they had they were up 27-26 because, you know, Penn State kept giving up big plays. And then, it, you know, I said, uh, I, and I said here's what's going to happen. Ohio State's going to miss the two-point conversion. Penn State's going to drive down the field and kick a field goal and win it. And it looked pretty close. And I was obviously wrong about that. But it was close. Fourth and five came and they traded timeouts. And, you know, it was funny to watch that when they're calling timeouts and the you know the announcer's going, well, this, you see here, this is a chess game between Meyer and Franklin. They're playing chess. They're looking at each other's their sets and they're adjusting accordingly. And, and the play call was baffling in itself because... You got a quarterback who's pretty much been, pretty much put the offense on his back, the entire game. You wanted to give him the ball, let him try to finish the game, let him get the first down. Instead, they made a really bad play call. <laughs> you know, an inside zone read the Miles Sanders. And the guy, you know, the guys, you know, the kid Sanders is having a hell of a season. I'll give him that. But they, they, they tried to run that play for most of most of that game with him, and it didn't work. It, bar- I mean, it barely works for Sa- it barely worked with Saquon Barkley. Teams know how to teams can stuff it out. The only thing, the only logic with James Franklin when that, when that happened was that. I think what he called himself trying to do was bluff bluff Myers' defense. I think it was I think it was more just a bluff. And uh it was a horrible bluff. At that. I mean, that's just uh I mean that bluff. It was like playing a game of Texas Hold'em and pretending you have a, pretending you have a pair of pocket twos, and then uh, going all in. When you have probably just a two and a nine, your uh, chances of victory there are very are, are very minimal. At that, so, you know sometimes you sometimes you can think you know, the first draw of three cards and maybe maybe you get you know a two and a nine or two, or, or two twos full, but that's it's very rare. So, in this case, it just wasn't going to freaking happen. And, of course, he got into it with a fan. And, it I mean, the dialogue between both of those guys, it wasn't too bad. I mean, the guys say, hey, I love you, James, but that play call sucked. And I guess um, he wasn't too happy with that. And I can I, I understand why. He was pissed off walking off the field. But if you're a coach, a head coach at that, you just freaking... gotta just go right to the locker room and just say, you know what, fucking, they're gonna criticize me, they're gonna criticize me, but anyways, look at the rest of the, um, rest of the week, that was, I was off a lot of of my stuff, and it happens, that's why I don't get paid to do this crap, but uh, Notre Dame beat the crap out of Stanford, I was, you know, I wasn't buying their name, but they look good. Maybe Stanford was still worn out after the uh, Stanford game. I mean, the Oregon game. Who knows? But yeah, it looked really bad for them. West Virginia beat uh, Texas Tech forty-two thirty-four. I mean, they were up big early in that game and. If there's ever time for uh, West Virginia to uh, take the Big 12, it's probably going to be now because the league's very vulnerable. They got Oklahoma to deal with yet, but they also got that they also got play a play a title game as well with 10 teams because they didn't want to exp- you know because the Big 12 didn't want to expand anymore teams because they want more money. You're stuck. You know, you're stuck with a league with, um, like, you know, with ten teams, and you know you have to play a conference game, a title game. And this was done because of all the woes they had with you know teams finishing tied for first place. And then of course, the college football playoff comes, and they're like, oh, we can't take take either one of you guys because you know, well, you guys didn't outright win your outright win your division. Washington took care of BYU and they took care of by hammering them. BYU usually brings it. But not that day. Michigan barely beat Northwestern. Northwestern is always going to give teams a hard time because that's just how they are. But... This, this year they're not just as good. Tech Hammer, Duke... Florida knocked off uh, the, uh, the, fine, the the fighting warheads and Luke Getzies 13-6. So, you know, mistakes start off hot, now they're uh, coming back to earth, and they lost to a pretty mediocre Florida team. But, uh, we'll go through the rest of the ACC here. As you know, Syracuse, you know, lost to Clemson, and We'll meet our our doom there. Miami beat the crap out of North Carolina on Thursday night. And as we saw, Miami did the exact opposite of what Pitt did when they played North Carolina. Whereas Miami wasted no time and beat the shit out of them. Pitt obviously decided to, uh, you know... You know, play nicely with them and and you know, and lose of course. Yeah, definitely gotta lose. Boston College beat Temple by ten. I mean that was a sloppy game, but BC gets another victory Victor on the board. Georgia Tech pasted the uh, bowling green sixty-three seventeen. So Tech's back in the win column, but the Paul Johnson there is pretty much to the end. NC State beats Virginia by 14, and NC State's obvious. They're looking good. And, um, they, you know, they may, they look good. And, uh, you know what? I, I thought it was just Clemson and everybody else, but they may, they may challenge Clemson this year. I mean, Q's obviously, they, we, we, thought, we thought the Coastal was just going to be, uh, I mean, the Atlantic, I'm sorry. The Atlantic was just going to be Clemson and whoever else, but, it's not looking like that. You know, the coastal obviously is more of a cluster than the than the Atlantic's looking at right now. Wake beat the crap out of Rice, and Rice just sucks. Like I said, they haven't been the same since that conference you say title that year, where they won it, and you thought they would have built off of that, and of course they just went, they just got worse, worse and worse, and then they kept the coach for too long. At that. Florida State beat Louisville and you know I I really don't care for Louisville people especially on Twitter so it could happen to a nicer group of assholes than them but uh, yeah if, if Willie Taggart can I guess amass some massive victories against some mediocre teams in the ECC he may save his job for this year but I wouldn't expect anything more from him. Alright, guys. We go to the NFL. Steelers lost. Bad game. At that. Ben just had one of those really bad off games. And for the most part, Steers look one dimensional. They couldn't run the ball either, and of course, people are blaming James Conner for that. Not the poorest offensive line that the Steelers have. It wouldn't matter if Lovey Le- and Bell came back; it would still be the same result. But people are not. But now it's funny how the media is like, well Conner's not good enough." You know, they won't pay Lovey and Bell. So now, paying Levy and Bell is a problem now. And I, you know, I hate to tell these people that uh, the Steelers aren't rolling out the pocketbook because of, you know because of this game, and I doubt that, and I doubt they will the rest of the season. You know, as one person pointed out on Twitter, I noticed franchising was a mistake They should just let them walk or use the money for something else. But of course the offense is a one horrible horribly but bad game and you know statistically wise and now it's a big problem. Oh well, you could have paid Bell. It wouldn't matter if they had to pay Bell. They would have done done dick anyway. But people love doing this stuff. But as far as the rest of the season goes, you know, Baker Mayfield and Cleveland's looking pretty decent. There's really, you know, we got the Chiefs tonight, but you know, the AFC is really no clear favorite. I mean, it's always going to be New England, no matter what. And of course, they beat they beat Miami light yesterday, pretty good. Tennessee, for somehow or some way, just keeps winning games. I mean, they, Mariota came back and they beat the, the Eagles, and you know, the big surprise, obviously, was was the Bears beating the crap out of Tampa Bay because I thought Tampa Bay would have. You know, score more points, but that's the thing with Fitzpatrick is Fitzpatrick's going to have two good games or one good game, and then he's going to have four or five shitty ones because that's just how that's just how he's wired. The guy's very inconsistent. He's a um, you may get ten and six off Fitzpatrick at best, but that's about it. He's he's more of an eight and eight, eight, and eight type quarterback. So you know. Jeff Fisher obviously wouldn't sign him because that's... Jeff Fisher said that's some 8-8 eight and eight shit. Although, Jeff with the Rams did horrible. But, you know, that couldn't happen to a nicer person than Jeff because the dude was always arrogant. Always. I think, one, you know, one game the Steelers beat them really bad at Heinz, and he didn't want to credit them for anything, it was all the stuff they were doing, you know, that was a bad year for them, I believe, yeah, yeah that was 2001, the beginning, the beginning, of the end of uh, his career was when they signed Vince Young, and he really had no interest in developing you, Vince Young, and then there was the one season where Young struggled and he went to Kerry Collins, and they went to the—I guess they went to the playoffs. It was the year the Steelers won the Super Bowl, but um... they played the Ravens in the uh, divisional game, and the Ravens injured—and the Ravens injured Chris Johnson. And when that happened, that was it for the Titans. They couldn't, you know, because they couldn't without for Collins to be very effective he had to have Chris Johnson healthy. And basically what happened there was I guess as the play was ending, actually the play was over one of the Ravens players injured Chris Johnson intentionally, took him out of the game and then after that it was downhill from there. But then uh, the next week the Ravens will play the Steelers for the third time that year and Steelers would beat that ass and go you know, win another Super Bowl. But anyways guys, I'm not gonna talk much uh anymore in NFL. On the other side of it, obviously, in the NFC the Rams are your obvious obviously favorites. Because they're just a machine right now. Same with the Chiefs, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm all out of uh, I'm all out of shit, stuff to talk about. Yeah, the rest enjoy the week guys. Hello pit.